banter mites. Perry just told me that this is called a cold open, so if there's something you didn't know today, or maybe you did know and you're just not as dumb as me, we are still in the thick of quarantine, and Perry and I are still bringing you content, so that is the dream. Today, we're going to draft Pixar movies. Have we done this before? No. Are we surprised? Honestly, a little bit. Don't know how it's taken us this long. But we are stoked. We're going to have a great guest. And we will see you on the other side of the intro. Wes, what's up, buddy? How you doing? I'm alive. I don't have Corona yet. Yeah? Yeah. Well, uh, that's good. I mean, there's a light at the end of the tunnel, so... Is there? Is there, there is. There is. Have you been paying attention this week? Everything I've seen has been bad. <laughs> you haven't seen enough. Indiana's going to be going into phase one of reopening in the next uh, couple weeks by... By the, first, weeks. by the first day of May, I think, and some states have already started. Jacksonville's beaches are now open, and there's there's quite a few states that are starting into phase one of the reopening, and then by the time you get to phase two, you know, essential mm-hmm. non non essential travel is back allowed. Oh, so dude, I want to. We're, we're gonna be I out wanna... of this by middle of May, I think, at least oh. into at least into phase two. Well, dude, I want to go. Is... I want to go and see someone, <laughs> anyone. I only have like 10 episodes left of the Golden Girls, so I don't know what's going to happen to oh, me you'll get through those. that. You'll get through those before we're out of this. <laughs> I know, but then what am I going to do? <laughs> DuckTales, man. DuckTales is so Duck good. Tales. I have been loving DuckTales. <laughs> oh my goodness, Barry. It's so funny, bro. Um, I'm not even going to be able to watch season three because that's on like TV TV and not Disney Plus, oh, but, uh, but I've been loving it. I have been loving it. Maybe I'll dude, go to like Darkwing Duck after that or t- back to Tangle the Series or something. I don't know. Dude, I, I watched Tiger King. I caved. You're crazy. And let me tell you, I don't know if I feel right recommending it to anyone <laughs> because I don't think that I actually liked it. Really? You just feel uncomfortable? It's just, I. it's so weird. Like, you need to watch it just to realize that this is a thing. Like, usually, you know, you can look at reality TV and you can think of, you can understand how fake it is. Mm-hmm. Like, The Bachelor. The Bachelor is super fake, right? Oh, for sure. For sure. And, like, even the Kardashians are super fake. But, like, you watch this show and it's so bizarre, I don't think anyone could have actually made this up. <laughs> no, it's not made up. No, it's totally real. It's crazy. And like, I just think people should watch it just to sit back and realize that this is a thing. <laughs> Joe, if, spoilers. Can I give spoilers? I guess it doesn't really matter, does it? No. Nope. I mean, it's all it's all happened. Hey, we don't, ta- we don't care if people get spoilers about Tiger King on this show. We're just not okay. going to give spoilers about, like, Onward the day after it comes out. Okay. Well, like, <laughs> spoilers. Joe Exotic loses his zoo. So, like, it doesn't matter if he's going to get a second season or not because he's not going to be there. Oh, nice. And there's nice. this other guy that they follow, and his zoo got, like, raided by the feds, and, like, all his stuff got taken away. <laughs> so, like, there's two down. And then there's this other guy that, like, tried to buy the zoo from Joe Exotic's, like, partner, and he realized it was, like, a toxic work situation, so he's like, I'm out. So, like, there isn't much material to make a second season, so hopefully there won't be one. Hopefully it's just a one-off. 
Yeah. Also, it's kind of a documentary in the first place, so you can't really like do a documentary sequel. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. But not. it's whack. <laughs> Man, uh, speaking of whack, bro, last week I watched Aladdin. Mm-hmm. Right after we re- the day we recorded. Uh, with Isaac because mm-hmm. I felt bad. I need to redeem myself and never miss a question about Aladdin ever again. Um, and I found out that quote I missed was from when Aladdin is like dropped into the ocean and the genie saves him um, mm. with the second wish. And anyway, after that, I watched Return of Jafar, which is definitely one of the worst things ever with a Disney title on it made ever. Oh, no. Like, Return of Jafar is that much bad and that much worse than I remembered. It is so bad. It is the cheapest animation. Like, compared that to Aladdin that came out two years before, oh, my gosh, it's so bad. And then, two days ago, I watched Aladdin and the King of Thieves, which is 1996, which is actually probably better than I remembered, honestly. King of Thieves is solid. Okay. It's a good, solid movie with decent music. All the voice cast is back. The, uh, Robin Williams makes his triumphant return after missing uh, Return of Jafar and having Homer Simpson voice uh, Genie for Return of Jafar. Ooh. Is and, it like audibly noticeable? Yes. Well, they oh. just kind of don't use him as much too. Well, the Genie good. is back and he's more prominent in the King of Thieves. But that movie's actually mm. pretty solid. I really enjoyed it. Well... I added some of the songs to my Disney playlist too, and I watched. Uh, what else did I watch? I watched the brand the uh, 2017 Beauty and the Beast last night too. Oh, I love that movie. Mm, yes, yes. I've watched. It is with great pride and deepest pleasure that we welcome you here tonight. Present <laughs> your dinner. Oh, Dude, man. speaking of you and McGregor, I have watched two Star Wars movies in the last week. Nice. Both ones with him in it. <laughs> nice, Actually, no, nice, that's a lie. Nice. I've watched the entire prequels. I forgot. I forgot that I watched episode one. Oh yeah, it's kind of forgettable. I told my dad that that, that the guy who was voicing Lumiere was Obi Wan, and he's like, "Nah, no way. That's crazy." My brother no, also thought that was crazy. Yeah, they both didn't know. I, they know now. He doesn't look like it's not as obvious when even when you see him at the end. I feel like it. I mean, doesn't look like him. I think make, I knew that it got was, a lot of makeup. I, I, well, I knew it was him before. We saw the movie. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yep. So I think that probably made it easier for me to understand. Well, they didn't even know it was Ewan McGregor. Yeah. So we knew the name that was playing the character. So we knew what we were looking for. Do you think his, like, quads are absolutely shredded after carrying the entire Frequel franchise? Frequel franchise? The Frequel franchise? (laughs) The Dramedy Comma? The Dramedy Comma of the Frequel franchise? Uh. I mean, he definitely carried. He definitely carried that prequel franchise. Also, I watched... Here's a... That's something you probably didn't know. I had never seen Thor, like the original Thor. Okay. You watched that finally? And so I watched it the other day, and I love, I love Padme, mm-hmm. but she was so much better in Thor than she is Padme, I thought. You think so? Hmm. Yeah. I don't think Thor's that great. I think Thor's passable, the original one. But it's not, I mean, it's a lot better than some of the other movies, but Isn't Dark it's World not great. Bad? The Dark World, I liked the first time I saw it, but then the more and more you see it as you compare it to what they've released recently. Yeah. 
compared to what they've released recently it's just so dark they took such a different turn after that movie they, they were taking themselves so seriously and the villain oh my gosh malekith the accursed he is easily the i would say second worst villain behind ronan ronan the accuser oh i hate ronan yeah ronan's like not even the villain i don't think he's just like there he's just annoying yeah but anyway ragnarok's good though ragnarok's really good somebody somebody uh posted on like a disney uh facebook group that i'm on with there's like fifteen thousand people in this group they're like unpopular opinion thor ragnarok is really good <laughs> and then the, then i looked and there was like 75 comments of people saying i don't know what you think is unpopular because this movie is loved by all it's like 90%. no an unpopular opinion would be the incredible hulk is good <laughs> yeah yeah exactly if people don't know what's unpopular i think they want their opinion to be unpopular because that makes them interesting oh for sure i'm cool <laughs> because i don't like what you like <laughs> So speaking of uh speaking of Beauty and the Beast, uh I heard the other day that there's going to be a prequel TV series on Disney Plus uh with Gaston and LeFou. Oh the the actors Luke Evans and Josh Gad, and I am here for it. Oh, I'll watch anything with Josh Gad. <laughs> yeah, I mean anything with Josh Gad, but honestly I love Luke Evans' performance in being oh, yeah. the beast and, and it was one of the more surprising things because i remember seeing a picture of him leading in as mm-hmm. him being guest on and i'm like he looks kind of shrimpy like maybe yeah, like six that. two he doesn't look super jacked but he's really good he's a great actor great singer he's a broadway boy isn't he he is a broadway boy i forget what he comes from is this just gonna be like what the adventures of gaston and the food or what? yeah it'll probably be like wartime honestly interesting Someone says, is Luke Evans related to Orlando Bloom? You know, I can see it. They look alike, but they I don't think they are. I like that that was a popular enough search to pop up for you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, here it is. From 2000 to 2008, he starred in many of London's West End productions like La Cava, Taboo, Rent. You've heard of Rent. Mm-hmm. Miss Saigon and Avenue Q. As well as several fringe shows in London and the Edinburgh Festival. I have heard of Miss Saigon, but I don't have a clue what it is. But yeah, I don't. I don't know any of those except for Rent. I've heard of through you. <laughs> I haven't listened to Rent though. Dude, Rent is what made. That's the most popular of those, right? So it's what made Idina Menzel famous. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. That was her like big thing before Wicked. Wow. All right. All right. You okay. know. You know. You know, like the song um, Six Hundred. Oh. Luke Evans is in the movie Midway. Okay, I need to watch that then, because my dad and I have been talking about watching that. He's in that with uh, with Patrick Wilson, Mandy Moore, Aaron Eckert, Nick Jonas, Dennis Quaid, and Woody Harrelson. And according to Wes, any movie that has Woody Harrelson is worth a watch. So. Yeah, and who doesn't want to see The Grinch Smile from Dennis Quaid? Yeah. I feel like there's probably a movie that Woody Harrelson is in that's probably bad. But I feel like... is Was Zombieland good? Did you watch that? Yeah, it's okay. It's it's, it's okay. just a lighthearted funny movie. Did you know that for like a year I thought Woody Harrelson was uh, Yondu? Mm-hmm. Yikes! Can you see it? Please tell me you can see it, so I don't. Uh, feel maybe bad. a little. Okay. I used a quote from Yondu the other day. I think I beat my brother, my little brother, in a in a board game or something, or mm-hmm. maybe a video game. I don't remember. And I was like, I was like, I may not be your dad. But I'll always be your daddy. 
When you uh, said he used the Yondu quote, I was like, did you say boy? <laughs> <laughs> I'm Mary Poppins, y'all. Yondu is some of the best lines, one-liners. Yondu is super in that underrated. Second movie, especially He's in that second movie, because the second movie is bad. It, it, like, what? I was so let down with Guardians what? of the Galaxy 2. It's so bad. Kurt Russell's character, oh my gosh, he's terrible. Like, Kurt Russell himself is fine. Like, he does what they ask him to do. But his character, like, what, is, what are you doing? <laughs> okay, but like... it's th- This is what happened, Wes. I'm sorry. But they said, <laughs> they said, wow, Guardians of the Galaxy made a lot of money. What if we made a second one? And then they're like, okay, let's look at the sheet. Let's look at the release dates. All right, it would have to be after, like, you know, Endgame or whatever to get it to work out with the plot and to get give it the accurate time it needs to fit it in with everything else. They're like, no, we want the money now. Let's write some kind of plot that absolutely has nothing else to do with anything else. And it's just funny. And we'll squeeze it in before, uh, before, when did it come out? I don't even remember. We were 2017 or something. We went and saw it together. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So it's funny. Sure. But it's just, it's just obviously a money grab and banking on the success of the first one. And it has nothing to do with anything else. Okay, but I don't go watch Guardians of the Galaxy to see a good movie. I go watch Guardians of the Galaxy to see Rocket and see funny things. <laughs> it's not Deadpool, though. They were because really just trying to make it a Deadpool side no, mission. No, 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 no. Yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy 2 uh, is one of the bottom five. Let me see where I rank it, actually. Did you, did you have a ranking for these? I do. I do have a ranking for Marvel movies. Is Endgame first? No. You suck Winter Soldier. Oh, come on. I love the Winter Soldier, man. Winter Soldier is a great, great film. Winter Soldier doesn't have Spider-Man, so it's not worth it. Hey, when's my next Spider-Man movie coming out? Uh, When people start making movies again. True. Alright, looks like I've got Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 at number 17 out of 23. Below it is Captain Marvel at 18. That's a hot take right there. Thor the Dark World, Iron Man 2, Thor, Iron Man 3, and The Incredible Hulk. My first one, my number one movie on this list, Captain America the Winter Soldier, Avengers Infinity War, Avengers Endgame, Thor Ragnarok, Guardians of the Galaxy 1 is my number five. Wow, that is a hot take. Do you mean hot take as in like that's really high for it or what? That's really high. See, I think... It's not that high. I think a lot of people have it up that high, but but also that's so just think of it that way. That is the first the highest ranking origin story. So that's how much I liked that movie and then that's how much the second movie let me down. So. Wow. Yep. That's how it works. Apparently but, July apparently July 16th, 2021 is the uh, next Spider-Man movie. But, you know, that's getting pushed back with every day that nobody's making movies. So. Stop. <laughs> You so, uh, Wes, we're not talking about Marvel today, though. We'll talk about Marvel. No, on we just got day. on a major tangent there. We'll talk about Marvel on another day, very soon, probably. We have some other, we have some some topics in the works for Marvel because we know you guys like Marvel and we also like Marvel. So we'll do that. But we also like Pixar. Mm-hmm. So Indeed. the plan for today is to do a Pixar draft. I'm interested to see how this goes. And we're going to be doing it with Bryce from the Nocturnal Disney Podcast. So uh, enjoy some smooth elevator music because we're going to jump on a call with Bryce and get going on our Pixar draft. See you in a second. 
What's up, guys? We're here to do this Pixar draft with Bryce from the Nocturnal Disney Podcast. Bryce, how are you doing I'm today? I'm doing really well, man. Thank you for having me on here. We're pretty stoked that you came on here. We're also pretty stoked to do this draft because we haven't talked enough about Pixar in the 30-something episodes that we've done. So <laughs> we, uh, we're we excited to get that get that you done. never talk about Pixar too much. Come on, Barry. <laughs> uh, that's so true. That's so true. So I've been on Bryce's podcast a couple times now. He's been doing a uh, doing a trivia league. Uh, been on a few of those episodes. Uh, but Bryce, what do you do over there at the Nocturnal Disney Podcast aside from the trivia nights? Well, normally it's a just an opinion based show. You know what I'm saying. So we'll get yeah. news articles throughout the week. Uh, two weeks is a biweekly show, and I'll send them over to my friend. James, he's my co-host, and we'll talk about him. This show is uh, split into three different segments, which is uh, entertainment, so anything to do with the movies, TV, games, music, if there is some. Uh, then we go to parks, and then we go to the resorts, and then if we have something special that we wanted to do at the end of the the show, that's your uh, feature presentation. That's what we call it. Oh, okay. Yeah, so okay. We'll do things like uh, fan recasts of movies. We'll do fan- things like top fives and whatnot. You try to keep everything uh, uplifting, you know, positive. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we can all use a little extra positivity uh, in today's day and age. Exactly. Amen. Yeah. So I enjoy his podcast. I, I listen Thank to, you. you know, almost every new episode that comes out. And especially now with these, uh, these trivia league, uh, episodes are really fun. And if you want to go hear some of those, you can hear yours truly compete in some trivia. Um, and that league is still going on. They're going to have some new episodes coming out shortly. Very I'm sure. Shortly. Have you ever done a draft like this before, Bryce? Uh, no, I am not what you would call uh, very into sports. And so I've never done anything <laughs> like this. Ooh. This would be fun. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Wes. I, while I'm explaining what a draft is, what our what our drafts look like, I want you to get find a, find some way of deciding our draft order. Will it be whether it be a random number generator or writing names down and drawing them? I don't care. But uh, Bryce, uh, so the way we do drafts here uh, on Banter, I hardly know her. Is we are going to basically decide draft order, and we're going to do draft order in a serpentine style, which means the person that goes first will be then, like, have to wait quite a while to go their second pick, where it goes, like, there's three of us. The first person, it'll go one, two, three, and then three, two, one. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Um, so that it kind of makes it evil, even, kind of makes it level. So we're each going to draft five movies, and... Since this is banter, I hardly know her. There is friendly banter is encouraged if you disagree with the pick. Maybe someone picks Cars Two as their first overall pick. <laughs> it is encouraged that we rebuke that person um, and show them their wrongdoing. So, and maybe explain why, in our opinions, or even in factual evidence of why Cars Two is terrible. That is fact. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll do five selections each, and then. Um, We'll leave it to our our followers and our our Instagram family to decide uh, next week who is, has picked the best lineup of Pixar movies. Sounds good. All right, so we we in clear understanding on how all this works. Oh, it's locked, baby. 
<laughs> right. Actually, Perry, I forgot everything. I need you to re-explain. <laughs> okay. Uh, Wes, you're going to pick the movies that you think are the worst, and you let us pick the best movies. Got it. So okay. I will pick Wally then. <laughs> <laughs> Wes, who's going to be going first? What's our draft order going to be looking like the today? The draft order is Bryce, Wes, and Perry. Mm, okay. And how did you how did you select these positions? I Googled a random number generator between the numbers one and three. And I labeled okay. myself one, obviously. Perry two. And then Bryce, since you're the add-on guest, you're number three. And it went three, one, two. Okay. Huzzah. All righty. Bryce is going to get the first pick, and then Wes, and then I will get the back, back to back. All right. Well, my top five in picks are, it's just, it's all very liquid. You know what I'm saying? They're all interchangeable. So <laughs> my my number one, since I get to go first, is Monsters, Inc. I Ooh, love okay. Monsters, Inc. Um, when Toy Story came out, I was like, wow, that movie was phenomenal. Like, that really captured my imagination because i was like five or six at the time i forget and i was like my toys do come to life like it was something excuse me that was something i thought about all the time and then to see a movie about it i was like yes i was right (laughs) and then when monsters inc came out in 2002 i think i think it was 2002 2001 november of 2001 terrible with uh release dates <laughs> hey, it was close to 2002 <laughs> well then i was like this movie was something not only i thought about as well like monsters in your closet but it had so much heart and you just freaking love boo who says nothing how do you mm. how do you love a character who says nothing and yet pixar made me love boo it was an awesome movie yeah, I mean, Monsters, Inc. is a legendary movie in the Pixar lore for sure. Uh, it sparked a sequel. Uh, it sparked a upcoming TV series for Disney+. Plus. Um, it was also the first Pixar movie not directed by John Laster, I believe. Pete Docter mm-hmm. directed that one, uh, Monsters, Monsters, Inc. Great voice cast. Who can forget? John Goodman, Billy mm-hmm. Crystal. Steve Buscemi, like Randy Newman's music, who ha- he had already been making a name for his Pixar scores at that point. But, you know, it's some of those some of those pieces of the score have made my uh, my Disney playlist like when they go into the scare floor or even just the theme. It's a so great movie good. for sure. Everything about it is just so good. <laughs> how have we not Especially now? How have exactly. we not mentioned Roz yet? Oh, Roz. <laughs> That's my favorite character. I'm watching you, Mike Wazowski. Oh, well done. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, like, it seems like we're living in a 2319 right now. Honestly, so, <laughs> the truth, the truth <laughs> pretty, pretty applicable. Like that, and like uh, Hunchback of Notre Dame and Notre, Notre Dame, excuse me. I gotta be, gotta be right with my pronunciation. Yeah, get your culture then, right, Perry. And then even Tangled. Those are like the three Disney quarantine movies. <laughs> Perfect. Well, uh-huh. and you know what else is great about Monsters Inc. And I know a lot of people do not agree with me on this. Monsters Inc. Laugh Floor in Magic Kingdom. Mm, I the Laugh Floor man love that. I think it's really <laughs> funny. Like sometimes you go in there, and they hit perfect. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing with the Laugh Floor is that if you are a frequent uh, Disney Park attendee or at least 
back when they were open, you know, some <laughs> what seems like years ago now, you know how great the laugh floor is. And for me, it's it's a it's a must go to must experience every time. Really? Just because it's always different exactly. and it's fun. Mm. But if you are like about to visit your very first time going to the parks or maybe you've only gone once when you're a kid. You know, you do not remember that. You only remember the mountains. You're planning for your fast passes on going on, you know, the mine train and other things like that. You know of the the legendary rides like Peter Pan and Jungle Cruise that were that are, you know, just so classic. But you don't think of the laugh floor. And it's kind of tucked away. You know what I'm saying? Like you could almost walk right Mm -hmm. past it. So I wonder if it's Purple Wall is even more famous than the the attraction itself. (laughs) Oh wait, I know what the purple wall is. Yeah, you know the purple wall. Is so yes. I did not I did, I did not know the laugh floor existed. <laughs> yep, the purple wall is right outside the laugh floor. Wow. Right in between the laugh floor and where I used to work, Tomorrowland Terrace. Why is it purple? Uh well, you know, that is the shade of the paint. So I can't really <laughs> All right, Perry. Why is purple? I don't know. Well, I didn't know if it's, it's, is it related to the, the way it reflects light. Okay. You know what, Perry? <laughs> I'm done with you. <laughs> I think it just fits to, to answer your question a little more literally. I think that's just kind of the theming of Tomorrowland is kind of these grays, blues and purples, you know, and I was hoping it was a Randall tribute, but okay. No, no, no. Put some scales <laughs> I so. on can that. I, can I imagine that it's a Randall tribute? Absolutely. Okay. You can do whatever you want. It's the happiest, most magical place on earth. Well, or was, <laughs> was, <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. Monsters Inc. With the number one overall pick. Crazy. Uh, I'll, Reveal is on my personal Pixar rankings. It's number four, so very high up there. Um, but wouldn't be my number one overall pick. So mine's still on the board. Wes knows what that is, and I'm worried he might take it. Let's see, Wes. What are you gonna pick? Well, number one overall or number two? Number two overall. Number one pick for you, Perry. I don't actually remember what your thing is. What, <sighs> Perry? I read that years ago. No, I mean like I talk about it all the time. All right, whatever. Go ahead. I'm I'm actually hoping you forget because then maybe I'll pick it. Well, this is hard. Because I'm not going to pick a personal favorite, but I'm going to pick what is probably the most cumulative favorite for everyone. Okay. And my first pick is The Incredibles. Is, <sighs> you did. Well you done. did pick what is my number one. <laughs> Dude, The Incredibles is the superhero movie we didn't know we needed. <laughs> it's, it's true. Ha- it's hilarious. It's original, I mm-hmm. think. Maybe it's not, but I think it is. And... It's one I don't get bored. Like some of Pixar movies, I'll get bored after watching it for a dozen times, <laughs> but not this one. Yeah, it's it's got and one of the char- the characters exactly. It's got one of the oh. best villains ever in a Pixar Syndrome. movie. Yeah, I mean, not a lot of not a lot of Pixar movies have villains. That's true. But Syndrome is an awesome villain that like pushes the plot forward really well. While also he's like an antagonizing force, but I feel like a bigger antagonizing force in the movie is like the relationships between all the characters and getting those figured out while syndrome is just there to like push forward all of that. And, you know, which I think is something Pixar does so well. They'll take a story. You have your three act structure of the, the villain, right? And then Within that, you're actually telling a story about a guy going through a midlife crisis, and that's mm-hmm. not for children. That's not a children's <laughs> story. But kids loved it because they got their hero and villain story, and then parents enjoyed mm-hmm. it because they have that midlife crisis. And who knows? I 
maybe you enjoyed the hero to villain thing. I know I did. <laughs> and so now I love it on both fronts as an adult. I love The Incredibles. Yeah. That it's was really, my number three. Great. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's been my number. Like, I, I went back. I've, I published a Pixar rankings on my blog about uh, two years ago, almost. And I've gone back and I've changed it a little bit. But even, but this morning, I've gone, I even went back in and, and changed it a little bit just based on what I'm feeling today. But The Incredibles is one that has been number one from the beginning and probably will be number one for a long time. Um, we used to have it on DVD, which meant that I was watching it every road trip, uh, every time we were in a car for more than an hour and a half or two. Nice. So I watched it a lot and loved it every time. Uh, it's also directed by, in my opinion, one of the best directors or maybe even most underrated directors because he hasn't done all that much in Brad Bird, mm-hmm. The Incredibles, mm-hmm. The Iron Giant, which is a favorite oh, of ours, uh, Ratatouille, Mission Impossible, Ghost Protocol even. And uh, The Incredibles 2. But he also did Tomorrowland, which is a misfire. But, uh, you know, we can forget about that one. Every every director has a has a bad movie somewhere along the line. And it's not easy to jump back and forth between animation and live action because there's such different mediums. Right, right, right. It's, he did a really good job with this movie. Absolutely. And it's just like it's so popular that it's a wonder <laughs> that it took so long to make the sequel. Um Almost like, you know, it came out, the sequel came out in 2018, while the original came out in 2004. And it's kind of ironic, if they waited one more year, it would have been 15 years too late. <laughs> <laughs> to steal a quote from Syndrome. <laughs> um, Go home, buddy. <laughs> I work alone. Also, so that, was a, that, that was a Thanksgiving Day movie, by the way. Was it a Thanksgiving no way. Day movie? Or maybe not Thanksgiving Day, but like it was released a couple weeks before Thanksgiving. So it was a Thanksgiving release hmm. for for Disney. While the sequel was a June was a summer release, and then I kind of thought like when I, I was thinking that whole time, it felt like a summer movie. Mm-hmm. Like the first one feels like a summer movie. Mm-hmm. It was actually a Thanksgiving movie. I vividly remember my parents taking me to like a late showing of it. I don't know uh, why, but we had we had done something like all day, and then. It was like nine o'clock. My parents were like, get in the car. We're going to go see The Incredibles. I'm like, wow. (laughs) Let's do it. Also, let's also also not forget the greatest um, argument sequence of all time between Frozone and Honey. (laughs) (laughs) True. I mean, like the critical response, 97% Rotten Tomatoes. It has A plus cinema score, which is honestly not that. Like cinema score is pretty lenient, but then Metacritic gives it a 90 out of 100, which is Metacritic is very tough on mm-hmm. movies. That's really high. It grossed 260 million worldwide or no uh, domestic 630 million worldwide did finish behind Shrek 2 that year. Shrek 2 actually grossed 920 million worldwide. So like 300 million more. Still really popular. Shrek 2, Shrek 2 is good. Shrek 2 is, is good. good. The first ever, though, uh, Pixar film to be rated PG. So. And so that's how how popular that still was, even to be even PG. Great movie. Glad glad that's picked number two. But I wish I could have picked it. And before you move on, Perry. Yeah, I kind of knew you wanted. I kind of knew you wanted it. <laughs> before you move on, you really should say something about Michael Giacchino's score. It's amazing. Oh, you're right. You're right. Mm. It is so. Yeah. It is so iconic to me. Whenever you're walking through the parks or anywhere, it's just on my headsets. That. That trumpet, man, it gets you, gets you pumped. You're like, 
whatever True. I'm doing is going to be awesome right now because of this music. Yeah. I would almost put it it's on really... the level of Pirates. Like, he is a pirate, the song from Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, uh, okay, okay. Yeah, I know what you're talking about from the original yes. one. Klaus Baldelt. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it's that, that theme at the end, especially just, oh, so good, so good. It has become kind of iconic. It really is a nice blend between, like, a Mission Impossible type mm. theme and then some of the, like, superhero themes that you've gotten from, like, other uh, similar type movies iconic for sure i think that's what a lot of people think of when they think of incredibles is that score from michael giacchino all right well there we have it monsters inc number one and incredibles number two so my number one and number four on my pixar rankings are off the board my two is still out there and so for my number one overall pick i'm gonna pick inside out bravo sir yeah inside out is an interesting one because i've heard some people lately voice how much they don't really love inside out even though i don't really love it you're one of them and uh even though it's a 98 percent round tomato so it seems like you're definitely in the minority (laughs) uh another michael giacchino score you were drawing that conclusion another pete doctor movie but i mean a lot of these are are all directed by you know a group of a few people i just loved inside out i thought it was so unique something you've never really seen before the characters are great joy is great some people hate sadness is that that's one of the things you've said Wes right no I don't like joy oh well I've heard people that say they just can't stand sadness and and that just makes that movie repulsive to them but you know I think it's a great cast of characters a great storyline it's really emotional as Pixar movies do uh they do the emotion I don't know it's just something about it that is so interesting so colorful i personally am more emotional about the um bing bong exit than i am than i am about her uh as she runs away those are kind of the two big emotional moments um and everything's kind of breaking down as she's running away man that bing bong exit it's just such it's got so much to it it's really got a lot of different plot elements that come together and work so well um it, it takes all of the all of the key fundamental pieces of writing a great movie uh, and just to the max with this one. Like uh, and the critics seem to agree with me. So what are your guys opinions on Inside Out? I mean, it's fine. I just think it's overhyped. You're overhyped. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I the bing bong exit sucks. But other than that, I get kind of bored. Really? Yeah. Wes, think it's of it as like a movie. It's an adventure movie, but in someone's imagination. And like the way that each plot element works, you're on an adventure. You're on a quest of sorts. And there's just so many different obstacles that they have to. It's almost like they're segmented obstacles that they have to uh, complete. And each one is just so genius. I felt like the way it was written and done and they all come back together at the end. I don't know. I just thought it was genius, really well written. Bryce, what's your opinions? I love Inside Out. Inside Out is my number two movie on this list because like you said, it's always kind of moving. But uh-huh. Inside Out for a while was my number one. I I love Inside Out. Inside Out is one of just a handful of movies that I saw and I was like, okay, I'm going back tomorrow and watching that again. So <laughs> I did that on Friday and Saturday. But I I love this movie. It's really interesting to see like 
how Joy is just trying to be what she is supposed to be, but because she is so overbearing, she ends up being bad <laughs> for the other emotions. And it's I, I love that. I love that thought of how if you focus on too much, if you focus too much on one emotion, then you become an unbalanced person and things can happen in the background. And I love that. Not only that, but it is a gorgeous movie to look at. Like the part that you were talking about where Bing Bong goes away. Um, when they're looking down the ramp of the old memories on the bike, on the bike, on the uh, on the scooter. Mm-hmm. And they're looking back up at where they need to go at long-term memory. And it's all backlit with the, oh, it's gorgeous. It is just mm, so amazing. Gorgeous. You already mentioned the Giacchino score. I like this one more than I like The Incredibles. Wow. It is so peaceful. And it just, it feels like you're floating when you listen. I, <laughs> I love this movie. Oh, yeah. You could sleep to that, that, that score all day. Oh, yes. Beautiful. And it has one of the funniest stand-up comics ever, if you like to be yelled at for about an hour and a half, in Lewis Black. Oh, yeah. So he plays Lewis Anger. Lewis Black as Anger mm. is just perfect casting. You know how, like, Robert Downey Jr. is perfect casting for Tony Stark? Mm-hmm. Lewis Black is the perfect casting for the embodiment of anger. It's, I just love this movie. I'm mad that you picked it, Perry. I got to be honest. <laughs> well, <laughs> you would have needed to get through another one uh, to, or another two to be able to pick it your, for your number two pick. But little critical response uh, numbers to give out here. Received 98% based on 362 critic reviews. And as of January 2018, Rotten Tomatoes made a top 100 animated movies list of which inside out was ranked number one wow which is pretty incredible and so rotten mm. tomatoes number one animated movie wrong. ever that's wrong which is crazy yeah i don't know if that's accurate but that still says how acclaimed it is oh that's wrong but the that is, that is also occupies the third highest position of any 21st century movie in the top 100 movies of all time list of rotten tomatoes at number eight which is crazy. Wow. So Ron Tomatoes loves this movie, and so do I. So do I. I don't know if I would put it number one animated movie of all time. Probably wouldn't because it's not even my number one Pixar movie, but it's number two, and it's going to be my number one pick in this draft. Wes, if you don't mind me asking, where does Inside Out fall for you in your list of Pixar movies? Gosh, how many are there now? 22? It's probably like somewhere between 12 and 15. So I had Wes okay. make a ranking back in college, back when there was maybe twenty movies out, right? Or nineteen. The it, um, but he doesn't have that ranking anymore. I, oh, I gotcha. No, it's gone. It's I think whenever I made it, it was pre Coco for sure. <laughs> but my yeah, my list was definitely pre Coco whenever we made it. Yeah. But Bryce, I also like Brave a lot more than most people, so. So you can take my opinion. As you <laughs> Brave's not a bad movie. I don't think I know. Brave's I know some movie. people who love Brave. I am not one of them. I'm one of them. <laughs> I am. All right. Don't worry, Bryce. My favorite is not Cars Two. He also so. he doesn't like Up or Wally. I don't like Up either. Oh, I can't stand Wally. <laughs> Wally's then, pretty high for me, but I, I don't want to reveal up. all of my cards of what I like or don't like just yet. But we'll get there. I've got some hot takes in, in Pixar though. 
Sounds good, man. <laughs> <laughs> so I got to go again now. That's the the perk of being last in the first round is I get to be first in the second round. I'm I'm really debating myself. So I've got my on my personal list. I've got my number three and my number five on the board. There's some strategy, though. I'm really tempted to pick my number five. But oh man, but I'm not going to I'm not going to I hope it comes back to me. Well, I'm going to stick with my with my game plan here. I'm going to go with Toy Story three. Mm. as my second pick in the first pick of round two well done toy story 3 is the best toy story movie i think mainly because it takes everything you love about the first the second movie and then adds like 10 extra years of animation quality Mm -hmm. and then ends a trilogy which wes is west fights me every time because he thinks that it's not a trilogy it's not a trilogy trilogy (laughs) on a a really good and somber note um not a of, trilogy at all. okay everybody knows your opinions wes and i think i won the fan vote on that one uh, no you didn't didn't i oh it's a trilogy <laughs> no. wes <laughs> oh, bryce no no it's not <laughs> all right we got a two out of three so i'm officially right <laughs> democracy for the win. anyway so just the ending of it there's actually so many good powerful it's one of the emo- most emotional movies that disney that pixar's ever made and I love it so much. Toy Story 3, Lee Unkrich directs it. John Lasseter, it's one of the last projects he worked on with Pixar before his exit for reasons that shall not be discussed on the Bantapod. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but Tom Hanks, Tim Allen, Joan Cusack, I mean, Don Rickles, Wallace Shawn, John one. Ratzenberger, Michael Keaton is in it as Ken. Jody Benson, you're uh, is he really? Yeah, your your uh, resident mermaid is in it as Barbie. It's just absolutely loaded. Whoopi Goldberg is in it uh, as Stretch, which is like the one of the like minion characters, I think. So it is absolutely a loaded voice cast. The animation is spectacular from 2010. It was also uh, nominated for Best Picture. Not just best animated picture, one of three animated movies all time to do that. The other two, Beauty and the Beast and Up. So I am very confident that this is a beloved, beloved movie, and I'm glad to snag it at the first pick of the second round. That's a good pick, Perry. I think Toy Story 3 is the only animated movie that made me cry twice. Really? So you cried once when they're about to be incinerated? Yep. And then again when Andy leaves. Yeah. Classic, man. As if they hadn't wrecked you enough, they just mm-hmm. decided to come in and do it again. <laughs> yeah. Another another one that is uh, 98% Rotten Tomatoes. And that's the lowest of the Toy Story movies. I, I'm not sure about that now with Toy Story 4, but of the first one and two, both of those have 99 yeah, you're Rotten right. Tomatoes movies, or Rotten Tomatoes scores. That's a crazy, crazy, crazy score. For a trilogy of movies, not even The Godfather, which is a trilogy that people would say that is the best trilogy of movies mm-hmm. ever has that. Yeah. And to follow up with what you were saying, uh, people, critics just hated Toy Story 4. It received only a 97 percent. So, oh, God, <laughs> that is, that's just bottom of the barrel. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that is my number two. So I have now got uh, my top two picks, and they are Inside Out and Toy Story 3. That's a, that's a good double feature right there, if I do say so myself. Not terrible. Yeah. 
Wes, what are you going to add to your uh, lineup, which currently includes the best Pixar movie of all time? Well, Perry, I feel bad for taking a passion pick at number two, but I'm afraid it'll get taken out from under me, so I have to. Okay. And if there's anyone in this podcast that should be picking cars, it is me. (laughs) Fair. (laughs) Let's be honest. Fair. You can have it, my friend. My number two is cars. And I watched it again the other day. And Bryce, you probably don't know this yet, but I'm a diehard NASCAR fan, which is one of my major weaknesses. Gotcha. (laughs) Or major strengths, depending on who you are. (laughs) Well, in society, a weakness. (laughs) (laughs) The other is bowling. Oh, true. Well, they don't have a Pixar bowling movie yet, but you just wait. (laughs) (laughs) The pins will come to life uh, at night and walk around the alley. (laughs) (laughs) But it's so... They do an incredible job of making it extremely accurate to what the real world of NASCAR is. And mm. they use real voices from real drivers, real commentators. I mean, they, heck, they have Bob Costas in it. <laughs> like, how <laughs> really? great is that? <laughs> um, it's a great storyline. Also, a little fun fact, Paul Newman, the voice of Doc Hudson, is a, well, he was. He's God rest his soul. Away now. He was a racing fanatic. Was like, really? Mm-hmm. He was one of those guys that's becomes that's an actor and then decides to pursue his passion with all his money and becomes a race car driver. Good for all him. right. <laughs> so the fact that he was that role is perfect. Owen Wilson is great. I don't know if he says "wow" in the movie, but probably. Wow! Wow! And wow. Larry the Cable Guy is exquisite as Mater. Yep, as as the sidekick though in origin in the original cars, which that's is why we will not mention cars Perfect. too in any good light. Yep. Um, I mean, and just like some of the stuff, like they're fighting for the piston cup, and <laughs> he's like, Doc has three piston cups. Mater, yeah, he did what in his cup? He did what in his cup? Oh my gosh! Yeah, I watched and Cars then, with my brother recently, and it jumped a spot on my Pixar rankings list after I finished it. Really? Yeah, I absolutely yeah. love it. It was my number. I'm pretty sure Perry. It was my number two on our original list okay. that I made. So, and it's a bit of a passion pick. I, it definitely appeals to me more than it would other people. But mm. love it, love it, love it. It is my number eight, um, which is very respectable because there's literally like so out of the 22 Pixar movies we have, I actually really like. 20 of them so <laughs> you know the, the, so that's really solid uh cars the the characters and the theming are what do it for me love the characters and then that um out west small town theming that you get from radiator springs i just adore it those are my favorite parts of the movie i don't like the racing as much and that's why i think i didn't like the next two cars movies as much because the racing isn't really what did it for me for the original cars it's the Small town theming mixed with those characters and uh, and a story that it's not super original. It's been done. There's a movie that I actually like that a golf movie that came out, I believe, after the after cars called uh, Seven Days in Utopia. That is the exact plot of cars, but with a golfer, <laughs> which is crazy. But does he uh, <laughs> also have to repave the road? <laughs> um, it's more like his he he is a really angry golfer. And he blows a, a tournament um, because he tries to do something stupid to impress his dad. And his dad, is he's always worried about like making his dad happy. But it really just makes him angry about it, like 
just because he can't make his dad happy. And then he crashes in the small town. So he's he's stuck in the small town while his car is getting repaired. And he mm. learns from, I believe it's Robert Duvall, um, play, is this old golfing legend that teaches him how to golf country style, like small town country style. So we love that. That would be like if Steph Curry got lost in a town in the middle of Indiana and had to learn how to shoot threes. Yeah, from like <laughs> from like uh Larry Bird, but you just yep. he just couldn't recognize Larry Bird or something. I don't know. Yep, Larry Bird, but not famous. Yeah. Yeah, but cars is a good pick. I mean, obviously it's Thanks. beloved. Thanks, Perry. Obviously it's beloved because of how um let's just say like it became a merchandise like Mogul. Oh, I mean, it's still selling tons of merchandise. Uh-huh. Like the whole reason they had to ruin the franchise with two other movies is because of how well it was selling. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> they kind of had to do it, you know. Thank but, you, thank you for validating my pick. So, Bryce, you don't, you haven't validated his pick yet. Are you not a huge Cars fan? Not really. Um, <sighs> look, look. When I was younger, I watched it. And I'm like, this movie sucks. I did not <laughs> like it. And then. When I was probably 25, I watched it again, and I'm like, you know what? This isn't terrible, actually. This is not a bad movie. Um, it's on the bottom half of my my Pixar list, but it is still in that range of movies that I'm like, I like these movies, you know? Okay. It is not Cars 2 or Cars 3, but honestly, I really like the puns in it. They have a bunch of puns of like just hey these are human things that are now for cars and I'm like yeah very good good for you <laughs> nice yeah, yeah yeah it's true it's true they do go a little overboard maybe with that but uh, no definitely not the cozy cone <laughs> well like the flies that are cars like <laughs> dude they're bugs dude they're bugs <laughs> um and then like I think in a later movie the bugs the fly, the car bugs get like zapped by a bug zapper did they just like end a car's life like. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I don't know. I don't really know if that. I don't really know if it counts. I think there's another one of like one like hitting a windshield. <laughs> oh yeah, because yeah. uh, doesn't. Um, oh my god, Lightning McQueen doesn't he drive through a bunch of bugs? Oh yeah, he does. And they're all splattered all over his face. Yeah. I don't know if uh, that's the original movie or not, but it Pixar happens, gets dude. dark. It's <laughs> <Pixar gets> dark. <laughs> Weird. Pixar hasn't dealt with. Like maybe that's when they originally deal with death is in cars. We never knew it, and it's not soul. You know, soul. It's gonna they're gonna deal with death a lot, but you mean it's not up. No, I guess up too. But like soul is gonna be all about coming to grips with death. But we'll see. Dark. In an inside out. So is Coco. Fashion. True. 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 You're true. Right. True. True. Good point. I mean, he went Love to the land Coco. of the dead. <laughs> but yeah. So whose pick is it? Is it Bryce's Bryce's pick Bryce, now? Bryce, Bryce, Bryce is back to back. Yeah, buddy. I'm very excited for this. Um, number four. Well, I guess it's my second pick, but it is pick. number four on my list. Okay. Um, I love the movie Ratatouille. Oh, we do too. Another Brad Bird. Exactly. Brad Bird, Michael Giacchino. It's Remy's voiced by Patton Oswalt. I mean, talk about a great performance in the main character. And it's the character essentially that you're following for the entire movie with very little deviation. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes, mm-hmm. Linguini is in there, but he is, you can't even call him a side note. He is just barely in that movie. And everybody else, Anton, Ego, Gusto, all of them, they're just very quick glimpses, and Remy is there the entire time, and Patton Oswald crushes it. <laughs> yeah, he's great. 
not only that, but it's a movie about cooking, and I love to cook, and so that movie really spoke to me on that level. And Anton Ego is just such a great antagonist. There's been a few times where my my wife has uh, has made me dinner, and she's like, "So Bryce, what do you, what do you think about it?" I'm like, "If I don't love it, I don't swallow." And she's like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You should be oh, like, man. how about next? How about tomorrow you serve me something with a little perspective? Oh, I use that line so often. Uh, the perspective. You provide the food and I'll provide the perspective. I love the <laughs> shot where he's in his office and it looks like this big casket. Like, <laughs> you guys are awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's the most yeah. sinister you've ever seen of a food critic. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm just now realizing, and I probably should have realized this before, uh, that this is going to be a really hard episode to banter about each other's picks because they're all good movies. Like, they're all so good. I mean, Uh, I've already bantered one. I've already bantered over it. That's true. And and, And uh, about Toy Story being a trilogy and whatever. Um, But I I will say... I want to know what your your thought process is on that. (laughs) You mean the fact that there's four of them? But That's the one to three tells the story. He no. finally watched Toy Story 4 like this week for the first <laughs> time as well. And he had been arguing with me about this. It doesn't matter. It's not a trilogy. My it's argument has always thing. been the first three is the Andy trilogy. And the fourth yes. one is more about Woody and wrapping it all up. It's, no. it's. I think the fourth movie should be called Woody. And if it was just called Woody, then Wes would probably allow the first three to be a trilogy <laughs> just because he only cares about the titles of the movie. Ah, it's <laughs> not a trilogy. Wes, if the fourth was titled Woody, though, you would be forced to acknowledge that the first is a trilogy. I would be more accepting, yes. <laughs> but it doesn't matter because yeah, it's not. It's Toy, it doesn't matter because it's not. It's Toy Story 4. <laughs> tell you what, if they make two more movies about Woody and Bo Peep's adventures, I'll call it a trilogy, but they it's won't. It's so different. It's so different. It's not. Uh, all right. Well, that's fine. The other thing I, that I, I the, love about Ratatouille, though, uh-huh. Just to get back to what we're talking about. Sure, sure, sure. Thank you for that. Now that I've derailed us. Um, <laughs> their visualization of taste. Mm. When Remy eats the strawberry and then just, you know, swirls of red pop up on his right. Like, oh, that's cool. And then he eats the cheese and then swirls of green or um, yellow pop up on his left. And then he tries them together and then they all come together. Like, it is such a good way to describe visually what food does in your mouth <laughs> I, I love ratatouille they do yeah and i mean the score helps push that along so well too with the french yes. vibes and camille's I, I put it on the soundtrack. underrated scores yeah you did we did an underrated scores episode uh last week and it's great i really. listened to that that was difficult <laughs> tough it was tough tough but did, did, you, get, did you get the ratatouille i did get ratatouille i got okay. ratatouille i got prince of egypt and uh, uh, I did not. <laughs> <laughs> we tried so hard to get you to get that one right, Wes. I want so you to know, hard. Perry. I have gotten texts from multiple people this week saying, "How did you not get Prince?" <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> I'm so happy that they that that is yeah. Because you've watched it like ten times, probably at least five with me. You know, at least five with you. Yeah. Yeah. So. Anyway, Ratatouille, solid. I will say, with my opinions on that movie, it kind of bounces around. Like that movie has been as high as like top five on my Pixar rankings and then I'll watch it and be like you know I maybe didn't like it quite as much as the last time uh it bounces around right now it's number nine on my list so still a top 10 movie 
Um, and so, yeah, I cannot, I cannot argue with picking that at number, what is this six overall? Like you're right on, you're right around the, where I would be picking it as well. Well, fantastic. Because I don't know that this next movie is going to do as well with uh, yeah, people. He's going to pick cars too. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're, ending it, the, we're ending the recording if he picks cars too. <laughs> <laughs> number three, baby. Cars too. Oh my um, gosh. No. <laughs> no, apparently this movie was not very well received in general, but I loved Onward. Okay. Oh, dang it. I was going to see that next. I wasn't able to see it until it came out on Disney Plus because my wife got hurt. And so we just weren't able to catch it for the two days <sighs> that it was in theaters. Mm. But my God, I love that movie. Yeah. That mo- like the story between the brothers. I see. And what was funny is since I hadn't seen it for about a month, I was getting all of these text messages and people sending me on Facebook showing the Barley Lightfoot character. I'm like, Bryce, that's you. Really? That's what you do. And then I watched it. I'm like, that is all of the stuff that I do. Like, <laughs> like brother, we're going on a quest. To, like, I do that crap. It's fun. I love that fantasy. I love that realm of just fantasy storytelling. And the fact that they were able to do it just kind of like the same way they did with Inside Out, where they took this fantastical realm and this fantastical location and were able to tell a very relatable story behind it you know you don't need to know anything about dragons or elves or whatever to understand hey they're just trying to see their dad Mm -hmm. they want to see their dad and they need this MacGuffin to make this happen they did it really well and not only that dang it it's funny it is really (laughs) funny (laughs) it is really funny it is really funny and I expected I expected Barley and Tom like I expected those two characters to be like so funny and to be honest, it was like, I would say it was like less funny than I expected in that manner. I expected it just to be a, a buddy comedy with those two. Right. And it was much more heartfelt. I laughed, but not nearly as much as I thought I would. But it was okay. more heartfelt. And I appreciated that than I thought it would be. Honestly, I did not expect it to be a movie that would bring me close to tears as very few movies do that. Mm. Yes, exactly. <laughs> You know, at least that to ending, me. man, that ending was really, really good. But as a guy with a bro- that is has three other brothers, you know, you just got to it's it's do you relate to it or not? And that's how hard it's going to hit you. Right. Yeah. I'm salty. You picked it because I was going to take it next. <laughs> not anymore, buddy. No, not anymore. <laughs> Ruined it. You soiled it. Soiled it. <laughs> I cried just so everyone knows. <laughs> Wes and I were lucky enough to see this a week early. Um, oh. th- they did a little pre-screening in was it AMC? I think did it. Um, mm-hmm. they had like mm-hmm. one one showing a week early to kind of test audiences, and Wes and I got tickets for that with a couple friends. So we saw that and loved it. Uh, I mean, as I watched it again on Disney Plus, the things that don't make sense stuck out a little more. Right. I had it on number eight originally, like right after I watched it, which obviously had some recency bias, and then I've since moved it back down to number ten, still top ten. Super emotional, but I think it's a little slow getting going. There's just a few things that like really stick out to me that made it like, you know, uh, clearly separated from the legendary Pixar movies of The Incredibles, of Inside Out, oh, of Toy sure. Story 3. I mean, like they talk about the beginning, like mastering magic, like only if you can master magic. And then at the end, he has already 
figured out how to do the hardest spell that you can do, apparently, in 24 hours. I don't know. Some <laughs> things like that just don't make a lot of sense. But, but I mean, that, uh, is, that is going off of a book. Right, right, right. Of a game, you know, Quests right. of Yore. Quests of Yore, <laughs> which apparently is, like, incredibly accurate to real life. Um <laughs> But one thing I think it's not getting the appreciation for is nobody is looking at it as a beautifully animated piece like people did with Wally or Moana or Coco. Just because it's a good dinosaur. Like, or the good dinosaur, but people hated that the plot of that movie. Um and so people looked at the like Moana, Coco, Wally as being like spectacles in animation. I think Onward's not getting any love in that manner, but I look at it and there's certain shots where I can just really see this is a spectacularly animated movie, but they don't really show it off as much as they could. And that's why I'd be down to see a sequel um, or something else in this this kind of realm universe world that they're in where they really show off the world a little more. They just mm-hmm. show off in just tiny little brief moments when they're maybe towards the end of their quest and they go out past the like infrastructure into the into the like forests and whatever. And you really get to see how beautiful it is, mm-hmm. but it is a beautifully animated movie. You just don't get it. They don't show it off as much as some. And I think part of the problem with that was the fact that it was only in theaters for a very, very short amount of time. True. Because everything shut down so quickly, you know, I, you got to see it. And like, how long was it in theaters? I think maybe two weeks. <sighs> I'd say, yeah, not including that that pre-screening, probably two weeks, maybe three max. Yeah, so that's not a whole heck of a lot of time, especially when things, just because things weren't shut down doesn't mean things weren't shaky. Mm-hmm. So people are like, ah, you know what? Do I go to the theater? I don't think that I'm going to. Right. Eh, which I completely understand. And so then you see a movie at home, it's very different than from seeing it in the theater. That's why... And there's talk of like AMC closing down and whatnot in the wake of all of everything that's going on. I do hope that that's not the case. <laughs> but onward, solid pick. You might get a little flack for that from us. Oh, I'm sure we're not going to get it. <laughs> um, I know it was one of the worst rated movies on Rotten Tomatoes. Onward did 88% Rotten Tomatoes. Only Monsters University, Brave, The Good Dinosaur, Cars, which only did 75%. Cars 3, Cars 2 are the only ones who did worse uh, in Rotten Tomatoes than than Onward. But 80%. <laughs> I mean, if you look at this, Cars 3 was second to last at 70%. Cars 2, uh, 39%. <laughs> ooh. The three Cars films are bottom, the bottom three. That, that cliff is steep. Absurd. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, so good pick. And Wes has to go back to the drawing board. So if nothing else, way to make Wes, uh, you know, exercise yeah, his, uh, his, uh, if you don't, if you don't play your cards, right. We won't be speaking after this. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Number three, Perry, do you remember who my favorite celebrity of all time is? Um, Ellen DeGeneres. It is. And for that, I am picking finding Nemo. Okay. That is the correct of the two. Oh, for yes. sure. For sure. <laughs> Uh, Finding Nemo, very funny, very, I guess it's kind of heartfelt, but like, it's mostly funny, let's be honest. Mm. Fish are friends, not food. He touched the butt. (laughs) Oh, you made me ink. Like, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Oh, Pearl. I love that movie. Also, I 
think we tend to forget that I think the actual funniest character in that movie is the starfish. <laughs> <laughs> she is really good. <laughs> and yeah, I love Finding Nemo. I remember seeing it in theaters, I'm pretty sure. Uh-huh. And then I remember it being... I don't know if you guys ever had this like in elementary school, but like the school-wide movie day. Oh, oh yeah. And it was Finding Nemo, and it was a delight. <laughs> I mean, I like, like Finding Nemo. Like Finding Nemo, it's in the middle of my pack. But same. It, it's just such a funny movie, like you were saying. But I'll fight you on it. I think that it is more heartfelt than what you're saying because to have Marlin this little clownfish who does not want to be out past his anemone traveling across the ocean to find his son. That's very sweet. And all of the stuff that he has to go through to get there. If you take that and look at it through the context of he had to do this to get his son back. That's fantastic. Mm -hmm. You know, it is, it is a very, it is a very sweet movie. I'll say that. I like that movie a lot. It's a great movie. It's one of the favorites of most people. We did a poll on our Instagram page to see what people's favorite movies are of Pixar. And I think Incredibles was probably the most popular and Toy Story was up there, obviously. But I think Finding Nemo was easily one of the most popular ones to put for people to put in their top three. It's the theming the the ocean is just beautiful um for a 2003 animation it's beautiful still holds up really well the the music that goes along with it oh man i when you go on the the seas with nemo and friends um and you hear that music in the background it just brings all sorts of nostalgia to me and i'm even someone like you bryce who has it right in the middle of my pack i have it at 14 out of 22 so i have it kind of lower than most uh just because i feel like it can be a little boring at times but it's got good characters and a pretty original plot that you know was mm-hmm. it was uh it was copied uh by a liam neeson movie a few years later a little bit <laughs> called <laughs> taken <laughs> and then taken two just imagine and taken three yeah <laughs> taken was just a little more violent than finding nemo <laughs> i will find you and i will kill you i'm very sp- particular set of skills yeah <laughs> just imagine marlin saying those things it, it's a little bit of a stretch but it's a similar idea i mean i'm sure that i'm sure there was movies that did the same kind of plot even before finding nemo it's not an incredibly like imaginative abduction and then i've got to go find my son or my daughter or my friend or my mom or whatever people do that it's not incredibly original but the fact that it's in the water it's fish it's themed so perfectly the music is great um that makes you feel like you're underwater and dory is great a great sidekick and then another Mm -hmm. reason why i don't love finding dory is has to do with the whole jack sparrow effect that i Mm. if you haven't heard that term Mm -hmm. it's because i invented it um (laughs) but the jack sparrow effect is essentially when you take a side character that's a fan favorite and you're like okay i'm just gonna promote them to stardom and make them the prominent character and then you wonder why it doesn't work well mater Yep, Mater is a prime example. The Minions are a prime example. Oh, perfect. Except the Minions have made money. The Minions make bank, but they're terrible movies. I don't know. But yeah, Finding Nemo, I think you will not get any flack from listeners. From me, I don't love the movie. There's a lot I would pick before. But because you have picked this movie, it allows me to pick one I really wanted to pick next. And that is Coco. 
Oh, that was my next Coco. one. Perry. <laughs> you ruined everything. Coco is my number five on my Pixar list. Uh, it is an absolute beauty of a film. One of the most spectacular looking animated movies ever made. Honestly, just blew me away. I was super skepti- skeptical about how I would feel about it. Um, everybody was making the, the, the comparisons to Book of Life, which... Mm-hmm. It's not like that at all. I mean, but I feel like I'm I'm beating a dead horse like with all these movies, but lovable characters, great music. This is probably one of the this is the first I think Pixar movie to ever be somewhat of a sing along musical type. Mm-hmm. But it's really yeah. the the vibrant colors that that separate it for me from all those others that are great. It's got some wide shots of the the land of the dead that kind of took my breath away. I had them on my as backgrounds on my phone for like two years after the you movie did. came out. You did. And now when, my backgrounds on my phone are Toy Story 4 and Castle in the Sky. So You're not obsessed. <laughs> <laughs> when Miguel's walking over the bridge mm-hmm. and it pans out and you see the entirety of the Land of the Dead, it's pretty good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was the that was one of my backgrounds was that wide shot there of the bridge in the background of the land of the dead it's incredible incredible and how the detail in that if you go back and watch it if you like really slow it down watch over it a few times you'll notice there's people moving in like these little houses you're seeing a wide shot of a ton of little colorful houses each with like different things going on like there's people moving and doing different things doing laundry whatever talking in these little houses the detail is just eye candy for an animation fan and i am one of those uh, guilty you are one of those <laughs> nice so that is my number uh, three pick. That is the ninth pick overall, but it's number five on my personal rankings. And number six, seven, and seven on my personal rankings are both still available. Wow. I am struggling to pick which one I want. Because you know the other one's probably not going to come back to you. <sighs> Actually, the other one might. I'm going to pick number seven on my personal rankings, which is Toy Story 2. Hmm. And I can't believe Toy Story 1 still hasn't been picked. I love Toy Story 1, but it is just my, is I think my least favorite of the four. Wow. But that's not to say it's not great. It's just that it's old. It doesn't hold up quite as well. If you looked at um, side to side, someone was going passing around like on social media, side to side of Bo Peep in in, uh, 1995 (laughs) versus Bo Peep in 2019. It's it's, not close. It's so... Like people are commenting like, I can't believe she looked that bad back then. I'd never realized. And you don't because back then it looked great. But Toy Story 2, I think the story is a little bit more interesting. It's a little funnier. I love all the stuff with uh, with Buzz and fake Buzz and Zerg being like <laughs> the pop culture references from Star Wars. The, I'm going to go play ball with my dad. <laughs> So funny. And a little bit of the edgy stuff as well uh, with with Pete. Uh, is that, that's his name, right? Stinky Pete, the Stinky prospector. Um, some stuff that gets re- that got taken out with him and the Barbies <laughs> yeah. got taken out of the later releases. Pretty funny. Just a great movie. Toy Story 2, my number four pick. And now I've only got one pick left and there's so many more movies I want to pick as well. <laughs> Toy Story 2 has probably... I'd say the saddest song in any Pixar movie. Yeah. Sarah McLaughlin. Yeah. Oh like Sarah just McLaughlin. in context of the movie, even like it's, it's a sad song in general, but when you put it in the movie, 
and you see how upset Jesse actually is. You're like, oh my God, I've, I've gotten rid of so many toys in my life. I am a monster. (laughs) (laughs) You're a terrible person. Yeah. It's a beloved movie, man. All of these are, it's tough to pick between them. Al's toy barn. Uh, It's got Newman in it. You can't beat that. Yeah. It's just, it's just tough to pick between all of these, to be honest with you. They're all so good. You can't go wrong. But I love uh, Toy Story 2 a little bit more. And and honestly, there's another one that I could have picked first, but I think there's a chance it comes back to me. But I don't know if that's the one I want to pick. I don't know. We'll see. All right. <laughs> Moving on, Wes. What is your fourth pick? All right, Perry. Well, I am going to pick the OG Toy Story. Okay. Toy Story. Well done. And... Because it's the be- it was the beginning of the franchise, not a trilogy, because it's not one. And it, dude, it made Pixar massive. Mm-hmm. Like, let's be honest. Without Toy Story, does Pixar happen? Okay, probably, but still. I mean, yeah, that is what started all forms of CG being a legitimate source of animating feature films. Mm-hmm. And now and it's think- taken over. Now it's taken over. Sadly. Yeah. Because I love mm. me some 2D animation, and Klaus was phenomenal, so I hope it brings it brings some back to prominence. I think another thing to take notice of is the fact that your lead cast is Tom Hanks and Tim Allen at the peak of Tom Hanks. Oh, so true. Tim Allen. So true. So. I think we talked about this on the Trilogies episode of being like, this is when Tim Allen was big. Like, he was really, he was really famous, and then Tom Hanks has been famous for, you know, had already been famous for many years, but Tim Allen was on on the peak of the shows he was doing and his fame. So this was a big deal cast in 1995. Well, I mean, Tom Hanks wasn't that famous. I mean, this is pre, um, isn't this pre Forrest Gump? No, no, no. I think Forrest Gump comes out. Forrest Gump 94? I thought it was like 97. Well, I just watched uh, Aladdin King of Thieves and there's a Forrest Gump reference in that and that came out in 96. Uh, Forrest Gump was 1994. Okay. So it was right so, after Forrest Gump. So it's peak Tom Hanks then. But he's already had, yeah, at this point, he's already had some some movies. I believe... Um, Big had come out before then. Yeah, Big, Big had come out. That was like his first Castaway, movie. right? Uh, no, that's 2000. No, Castaway was after that. Yeah, so he's had some other ones, but the... What's that baseball movie that you were talking about? Um, oh, he's uh, in League of Their Own. League of Their Own. That was 92, so he's been in some stuff for sure. But yeah, that is the movie that started all with Pixar, and I would have been absolutely livid if it didn't get picked, and I may have been forced to pick it with my final pick if it got there. <laughs> so I'm glad it didn't get there, but uh, good good choice. You know why I like Toy Story so much is that the antagonist of the movie is in the room with them. Mm. Woody is just, he's trying so desperately to be, be back and be Andy's main toy that He's throwing buzz out windows and stuff like that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's really funny. And all of the toys turn on Woody, but you actually get a lot of time then with Woody and Buzz and all of the other toys, which after that, and especially in like Toy Story 4, which is why I don't have it higher on my list, is it is, it's Woody by himself, essentially. I mean, he's with other characters, but... He's not with Buzz. He's not with Slink. He's not with Rex. And those are the characters that you want to see him with. And we mm. got to see that in Toy Story 1. And I think in Toy Story 1, we might not have realized how much we liked it until we saw later in like Toy Story 3 when they are separated for a while. 
and then Toy Story 4. But I just I love that for love that first one for that reason. Yeah. Very valid, man. Sets up all the characters that they build four great movies out of. Exactly. All right. My number four, then, if I must, is <laughs> Wally. There it is. I really like Wally. <laughs> <laughs> Most people do, but Wes and I aren't those people for some no, reason. No, we're not. That's fair. I, on my personal ranking, it hits about it hits number eight for me. So it's not super high, but I do like it more than obviously about half of the other ones that have come out. Sure. Like it is really impressive when a movie can take no dialogue, just music and sound effects and suck you in for about 20 minutes, mm. maybe even a little bit longer than that with and you're just walking around earth in this trash city and you're watching Wally collect trash and collect a cockroach. Cockroach <laughs> is cute, man. Like, how it's did you tricky, make a cockroach basically. adorable? Exactly. <laughs> and then you feel so sad when he runs over over the cockroach and then he has that moment of realization of, hey, I just killed the cockroach. <laughs> and then he goes back to it and you're like, oh, thank God he's alive. And I know a lot of people think that one of the roughest scenes to watch in all of Pixar is in Up. And I wouldn't disagree with you. That first 15 minutes of Up, it's pretty rough. But at the end of Wally, once Eve and Wally have fallen in love, when Eve rushes back back to his planet, back to Earth, and is just ripping his place apart to save Wally, and she's so frantic. And then she feels like, like, yes, I did it. I got him. I got him. I saved him. And then he boots back up. And it's his memory, his memory chip had been, you know, quote unquote, erased. You feel so sad for her. You're like, oh, my God. And you can tell that she's sad. It's it's really, really good pantomime acting, Uh. if you will. You know, and then when he boots back up fully and then, you know, Wally is back. You're like, yes, yes, thank God. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I, I really like that movie. I'm not a huge fan of like the human stuff. Mm. Although I did read a, I did read a theory of the people on the axiom are eating each other, are eating the dead bodies because that's how they can stay alive. Where <laughs> else are they getting the food? That's so makes dark. me like that movie a little bit more. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's but ugh. I know, right? <laughs> I'm gonna but, go ahead and say that's not that's not hopefully what's happening. <laughs> it's not canon. I, I don't right, think fine. that's canon. <laughs> <laughs> but that being said, like the first, the first half and, and the back, the back half where you're really focusing on these two little robots. I, I loved it. Not only that, but it had the, you know, all, all these movies almost have Pixar shorts in front of them. Presto is my all-time favorite Pixar short. So that just bumps Wally up for me just a little bit more because that's mm. what came out with it. Okay. That's that's funny that you say that because I was also thinking of Lava, which oh, God, came out with Lava, Inside, with Inside out, out, I believe. So that was one thing that bumps that as well. But but uh, back to Wally. Uh, Wally was an absolute flex for Pixar <laughs> yeah. at the time with, the, with their animation. They are like, this is what we can do. Let's try to tell a story, but tell it by visuals more. And that was pretty impressive. 
But when it was coming out, as I was a kid, uh, I was 12 years old, and the movie's about an hour and a half. Not super long, but it felt like the longest Pixar movie I'd ever watched. Um, <laughs> which, I mean, I feel like is a pretty legitimate thing. Like, so I, I don't think I'm alone on this. The movie feels kind of long, no. but it's not. So that's just something that's kind of an automatic like tick for me is like the ability for the movie to hold my attention. And I just, I find it a little boring, but I definitely appreciate it as a visual spectacular film. But well, Wally didn't, you know, get to, you know, eight on my list when I was a kid, uh-huh. when I was younger, kind of like you, I was like, eh, whatever. It's, it's fine. I want explosions. You know, why, why aren't things exploding? Although when he did, was flying through space with the, uh, uh, oh God, fire <laughs> extinguisher and he's running his hand through Saturn's rings. I love that. <laughs> but it wasn't until later when I was older, cause I, I watched all of these movies again when I was like 25, 26. I had just got out of animation school and I was like, yep, I got to go through all of these again to you know really get my my ranking down and you're right it was just a visual masterpiece excellent you know show don't tell which is the medium of movies but then when you got to the point with the humans and then you are talking i i lost a lot of interest Mm, yep but that's just me I personally have it at number 18 on my list so i that is probably my hottest take that i have on on my pixar list yeah, that's that is boring. low, man. <laughs> Wes, what, that's what Coco you, is what for me. Oh, really? Wow. I, yeah, I think it's really boring. <laughs> <laughs> that's all you have to say? It's really boring. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> well, it is very critically acclaimed. We know many, many people are on Bryce's boat of loving this movie. It just so happens that he's alone on this panel of it being one of his favorites. And I am not afraid to stand alone. All Here right. I am. You're not Take afraid shots. to stand out. Exactly. Above the well crap. Done. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys watch the uh, the anniversary thing that just happened? Oh, absolutely. Of course. <laughs> 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 Very good. All right, Bryce. You can round out your draft, your top five here. First, let's talk about, or let's real quick rehash what you've got. What are your first four picks? I had Monsters, Inc. I had Ratatouille. Onward and Wally. All right. All right. And for number five, I present to you the sequel of the best movie, Incredibles 2. Interesting. All right. I really like Incredibles 2 a lot. Now, see, here's the thing like, there are right off the bat problems with it because of where they decided to put the movie, right? Had they decided to progress the movie three years? A lot of my problems would have just gone away. But since it is right after the attack with the Underminer, the Incredibles 2 story, you get a lot of fun visuals, a lot of fun uh, uses of their powers, which was my favorite part of Incredibles, was seeing how they could use their different powers in different situations. Like when Elastigirl launches herself through the city and then turns herself into a kite. (laughs) That was really cool. And then the, the Elasticycle. Yeah, I last watch, cycle. That scene's awesome. It's so cool, man. I was watching, I watch a bunch of uh, Pixar documentaries and they're always talking about, oh, you know, there's one thing in every movie that is just the hardest for us to animate and we focus on that thing to make sure that it's right. 
And in, in Incredibles 1, it was Violet's hair. They had never done anything like that. Brave. It was Merida's hair. Mm. All that kind of stuff. And in Incredibles 2, it was the Elasticycle. And you can really see the love and the care and the detail that went into that sequence. Just the bike expanding and disconnecting from itself and then her flipping around and using it to slingshot herself up. Great. Great. And then I know the screen slaver was not super compelling as a villain itself. Mm. It's also a bit odd since it was set in 1950s. Mm. In any case. um, Evelyn Dever. Oh, yeah, that's evil my endeavor. Evil movie. endeavor. <laughs> evil endeavor. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> you didn't think we could figure that out? It's right there in front of you. Come on. <laughs> but the fight that Elastigirl has with, you know, the quote unquote screen slaver in that little uh, apartment, that was really freaking cool. As long as you're that not Caesar really prone. Cool. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I think the movie's great. Uh, I think it's a little cliche. Um, with mm. the with the whole we're gonna mind control the main characters so that the side characters can do a little more in the sequel. Um, sure. The 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 mind control aspect I didn't love because uh, that's you know there's a lot of movies with the with the mind control stuff. I don't. It's just not super unique. But I love the extension of the characters. I just love all of the Incredibles characters a lot. Animation, you know, you expect it to be great, uh, and it right. is. So it, solid sequel, really solid oh. sequel. I'm sorry, I almost I can't believe I almost forgot to talk about the best scene of the entire movie is when Jack Jack fights Rex. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, I was so happy I saw that. <laughs> he tur- he ignites on fire and throws a lawn chair at a raccoon. <laughs> Wes, didn't you particularly love that scene? Uh, I love anything with Jack Jack being Jack Jack. <laughs> He's the best, man. He uh-huh. is the best. <laughs> But my favorite part of that movie, okay, what's the girl who throw, who makes portals? Void. What's her name? Huh? Void. Oh yeah. Uh she is voiced by Sophia Bush. Oh who yeah. Is like one of my Beautiful. biggest crushes yeah. of all time. <laughs> Your one tree hill crush. I am so thrilled that she was in that movie. <laughs> yeah. I I could have sw- I would have sworn it was Kristen Stewart. No, no. Well, maybe it was the the character model was based on her. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I just always associated Kristen Stewart with Void. <laughs> if you if you look up Sophia Bush, you will no longer do that. <laughs> okay, I think I might have to do that then. <laughs> yeah, Incredibles two is a solid one. I have it number eleven on my list. So very still top half. Uh, nice, barely top half. You know, right on that borderline, but it's really good. All right, that's a good that's a good five you've got there, Bryce. You've got a couple. A couple classics with your Monsters Inc. I would call Ratatouille and Wally core core Pixar movies, and then you've got a couple new ones that, with Onward and Incredibles two. I aim to give a re- well-rounded list. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've done that. Wes looks like has gone kind of all classics so far. He's got the original because Incredibles, Coco, Cars. Because Coco and Onward were taken from me. That's true. You've got Incredibles, Cars, Finding Nemo, and the original Toy Story. So you've kind of stuck to the oldies but goodies so far. I mean, there's nothing better than the early 2000s. Yeah. That's in, in, in terms of Pixar, yeah. In terms of living. Okay. All right, sure. But I mean, 90s TV was so much better than 2000s TV. Truth. The truth. All right, Perry. You got Darkwing Duck in the 90s. Oh, yeah. But then you got Gravity Falls in the early 2000s. I mean, Gravity Falls is great, but like you got, I don't know, I guess Kim Possible is 2000s too, so. I need to watch that. 
Kim Possible's phenomenal. And Phineas and Ferb, best show ever. But that I need to watch. But the nineties, you, you got Disney Plus. Goof Troop, yes, which is spectacular. So, Bonkers. I haven't I seen that. A lot of people who you never seen Bonkers? No. It was fun. It was a cop, a buddy cop show based in Toontown from uh, 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 Roger Rabbit. Okay, it's a weird, <laughs> weird concept. Going on. Sorry, <laughs> no worries. Wes, you've got a pick. A pick to round out your five movies. All right, Perry, I'm staying classic. And I'm going to give a movie some love that doesn't get the love it deserves, and I'm picking A Bug's Life. Wow. Wes has gone all oldie classic films. I thought you were going to go brave here, to be honest. No, I like A Bug's Life more. Okay. Wow. Bug's Life, I remember having it on VHS. And watching it a ton. I love the plot. I love the circus people being warriors or so called <laughs> that is funny i do and like I that love, mix up and and just like ratatouille makes a world for the rats it's like exactly like the human world but for rats mm-hmm. a bug's life does for bugs and i love it bugs life i <laughs> i do enjoy that movie i'd say it's definitely the, my bottom half of movies just because it comes out in between toy story 1 and toy story 2 which i think are clearly superior in the early and then even Monsters, Inc., clearly superior in the early days of Pixar. But Bugs Life is really fun as well. Uh, the the humor is underrated, definitely. Mm-hmm. For sure. And the characters, I am a little butterfly. Hamish. <laughs> 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 uh, I got to watch it again. I haven't watched A Bugs Life in a while. And it, like you, Perry, it's in the bottom half of mine. It's at number 15. It does beat out up, though. I think Let's it might up. be at 15 in my list as well. Yep, exactly 15. Huzzah. It was it's never great. one that really stuck out to me. You know, it was never one. Like, I would always forget about Bugs Life. And I, it might be because, like you already said, it came out between Toy Story and Toy Story 2. And it's just a little void right there in the middle where I'm like, oh, yeah, that was a thing. Yeah, yeah. But I, I love the guy who plays Flick. He was... uh he was the boss in news radio. And if you've never watched that sitcom, it's pretty good. <laughs> but um, it, yeah, it was just never one that really hit for me. Yeah, it's 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 a unique movie in the lineup of Pixar. And it's very important for the Pixar theorists out there, um, oh. as is Brave. Uh, yes. But but yeah, it's it's. Not one of my absolute favorites, and I'm not. I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have picked it if Wes left it on the board. But yeah, it was still super highly critically acclaimed. I don't think we're gonna fight you with it because I mean, this is a this is a 15 movie draft that we're doing. We're doing 15 total <laughs> movies, and Bryce and I both had it at 15, and you're picking it at 14. So, you know, you're fine. There's no. Yeah, I'm usually right. <laughs> there's no problems there. But Wes, this is the predicament I'm in. My number six overall movie is still on the board, but I don't want to pick it because I feel like I need to pick a movie that'll help me out in the vote, especially more, mm. if that makes sense. I mean, sense. Perry, I'm going I'm to win the vote. So, so right decisions. now, I have Inside Out, Toy Story 3, Poco, and Toy Story 2. So I've actually got mostly a little more modern movies that show off animation quality with Inside Out, Toy Story 3, and Coco. Those three are beautiful movies toy story 2 is getting a little more classic and i kind of just had to pick that and then my 
sixth overall rated movie is actually Toy Story 4. I love Toy Story 4. But with my number five overall pick, and to round out the draft, I'm going to pick up. Uh, you cop out. Up. It's got to be picked. It's number 12 on my overall list. Um, and it's fallen quite a bit in recent years. It was used to be way higher. But it, I mean, it was nominated for Best Picture. So, like, super critically acclaimed, amazing characters, really sad, emotional opening sequence, especially. Um, I believe Michael Giacchino again, if I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken, is, writes yeah, it was beautiful score for Up that includes Married Life that you all heard. But there's a lot more to the score than just that. I don't know. So Up, I kind of go back and forth with. Like, it, there's there's some good, there's some sections of this movie that are a little boring. Really well animated. I love Russell. Russell's a great character. Uh, really funny. Adds a lot to the movie. Uh, it gets a little dark kind of towards the end, which is a surprise to most. So I think that actually really helps the movie uh, accelerate towards the end of the plot instead of like if it, if it had just kind of if the ending didn't didn't grab me, it would have been a very middle to bottom tier movie. But the ending, I think, is really solid. Uh, it gets really action packed. And I think it definitely needs to be picked. And I think I will gain votes picking up rather than picking the third Toy Story movie on my t- on my five. You know what I mean? Because I've kind of already got probably uh, a lot of votes for having Toy Story three and two. But if I just picked four, I'm not going to gain as many votes as if I pick up because that's a favorite of a lot of people. It really is. Like, my brother loves Up. He thinks it is perfect. I do not. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's number 16 for me. I, up, Up, I feel, was a, a Pixar short that they came out like, ah, but it's 15 minutes. We can't do 15 minutes as a short. Let's make it a whole movie. Because after... Spoiler alert, I suppose. Ellie dies, mm. right? Sorry, guys. Uh, yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> Things go off the rails. Like, it is a very grounded movie, no pun intended, up until Ellie dies, and then all of a sudden, he's flying through, flying to Africa, <laughs> or South America, rather, in his house via balloon, and it's just... Come on. Well, to be fair, Bryce, Ellie dies in the first eight minutes of the movie. So really only eight eight minutes minutes. of the movie are... What did you say? Ten? I don't know. I think it's eight. Maybe maybe ten. Whatever. But but regardless, only that much time of the movie is actually grounded. So... Right. But that's that's what you're setting up. That's what you've given to us to really, really sink us in. And that is what everybody talks about when they talk about up. Oh, that that first scene where Ellie dies, it's so sad. It's so beautiful to watch them growing old together. And then she dies. It's horrible. She can't have kids. That's awful. Right? <laughs> I get it. And it is sad. But then you have talking dogs and dodos and who, however old he is, put like 80 maybe, fighting atop a Zeppelin with the guy. He's definitely got who, some Scrooge McDuck ageless qualities. Yes, and <laughs> so does Charles Muntz, the yeah. the adventurer, because when he is a boy, Charles Muntz is an old man, or not an old man, but he's 
a grown man. Yeah, you know, he's that's true. probably 30, 40. So now uh Fredrickson Carl is what? Let's say 60. That's gonna put months at 120, maybe. <laughs> hey, there's something weird in the waters there at Paradise Falls, man. Keeping them young. There you go. Found a youth. That's that's a good way to and then dogs are flying planes with squeak toys. <laughs> I love and that steering part. Wheel. <laughs> oh, that's so it's, great. It's such it a reminds weird me of Porco movie. Rosso a little bit. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen that, but well, I I read a theory that makes this movie much better for me. And it's Carl goes because apparently he sends uh, a postcard to Andy in Toy Story 3. Yep. And it says the address is dr- addressed PD, right? And like, what's PD? Pete Doctor. Oh, that's a good way. Mm-hmm. They said police department. And that he is actually holed up in a cell and going crazy and r- playing the rest of this movie in his own head because you don't really see him after he leaves the courtroom. Like he leaves the courtroom and then that's when things go nuts. <laughs> I was like, I can get behind that. And if that's the case, I can watch this movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, uh, I think the Carlin brothers do a great couple of videos on the, that's those what it theories. Was. Okay. Yeah. With like yeah. Andy's mom being like Ellie's sister is what the connection is. Yeah. And it fits pretty well, honestly. And then also um, Andy's mom is, is Jesse's original owner, which fits astoundingly well uh, with evidence. I actually believe that one to be true. So but, do I. Yeah. So I believe in the Pixar theory. I get now. Yeah. I don't care. I think oh, as yeah, we go further and will. further, I'm not sure if it, I, I'm going to say I don't think that that is ever on the minds of the Pixar animators <laughs> when they're making movies is how do we connect these movies in the theory. But I think it's fun to imagine and think about. Yeah, right. Imagine and try. Uh-huh. That's the point. <laughs> so we've now concluded our draft. Um, but real quick before we before we let you go, Bryce, and before we sign out, I just wanted to give a quick recap of uh, abbreviated opinions on some of the movies that didn't get picked. There's only seven. On my list, the the highest ranking is Toy Story 4 that didn't get picked. Now, I, I, I really love it. As I said, Toy Story 4, really beautiful looking. Just that first opening scene just with the rain and the, the lighting. The lighting of that movie is spectacular. But mm-hmm. I just didn't draft it because it's not doesn't doesn't add anything original to my lineup. What do you guys real quick think about Toy Story Four? It looks great. <laughs> Thank you for that I, that insight, Wes. You're welcome. I like it. I don't I like, like the ending. <laughs> you don't like the ending? No. Does it just not hit for you, or just you no, don't I, like what it does? I don't like what it does. I think Bo Peep and her sheep should have gone back with the toys instead of Woody. But that's the them. point. Woody, like Bonnie doesn't need Woody. So Woody finally made a choice for himself, for his mm, own well-being right. for the first time in his life. Mm. He made his own choice because he mm. finally came to grips with the fact that Bonnie doesn't need him mm. to be happy. Cause his whole life. He's like, Andy needs me. Um, but now he's coming to grips with the fact he's not needed by Bonnie. So he can make a decision to be happy with himself. Right. And, mm. I think that they were trying to go for, you know, a Toy Story 3 ending again, which it didn't hit for me that way. Oh, it but hit for me, man. Man. To infinity goodbye, and beyond. Friends saying goodbye is really, really sad to me. Like, it's just, well, this is it. It was, it's been fun. It's like when a, uh, a show you've been watching just ends the finale, even though you know it's coming. It's still sad. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, I definitely teared up when these two best friends had to say goodbye, mainly because, you know, like graduating from college very, very recently before that. Uh, mm. That movie came out in July or June, last week of the last couple weeks of June of um, last year, 2019. And I graduated from college May 2019. So I had to say goodbye to a lot of things, a lot of people. Um, that I didn't know, you know, when the next time I would see them would be. And, and then even like, I didn't know if I was going to be moving somewhere to do it, to take on a job or whatever. So that just, those two best friends that have done so much together saying goodbye and not knowing if they're ever going to see each other again. That is what got me, man. And the buzz did go in there. Like just the way he went about, it, he's like, she'll be okay. Mm-hmm. She doesn't need you. Mm-hmm. And he, He's like, yeah, I know. Both people get by. He's like, no, no, no. Bonnie doesn't. You're like, oh, no. (laughs) Now, I will say it did bother me how they portrayed Buzz in that movie. A little bit like the same way of how like Jack Sparrow was portrayed in the fifth Pirates movie. They take away everything about Buzz's like heroism a little bit. And he's actually like they make him kind of into an idiot a little bit uh, and just a punchline. Um, I think this is a Josh Cooley thing. Um, he is the, directing his first Toy Story movie. Buzz kind of becomes a punchline. So I didn't love that. But other than that, I really enjoyed the movie. You want to know what bothered me about Buzz in that movie? And it's a, it is a nitpick, I know. But it stuck out and it bothered me. Sure. How many voice lines his little buttons have. Oh, yeah. Be like, we've that never is a heard nitpick. him say. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. But we never hear him say, look up. Like, you never hear him in the other three movies ever say that. <laughs> you left the backpack at the yeah. antique store. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> that one was funny. <laughs> but, like, it's oh, it, tests, it tests some tropes, though, for sure, of, like, they're really getting a little, they were really getting a little edgy of, like, when they were being alive in Toy Story 4. Yeah. So, but we Water can't cup. talk about this for all day. We got to keep, we got to move know. on <laughs> real quick. The next one on my list is The Good Dinosaur. I have that number 16 on my my rankings, and none of us picked that. You mean that. The Lion King? The Lion King, but but 2015 <sighs> version. Most people have The Good Dinosaur last or second to last, I would say. 22, baby. You have it last? Okay. Mm. I'm the animation um, purist, and The Good Dinosaur is one of the most beautiful, beautiful movies that is animated I've ever seen. And it's more of the backgrounds. It's the backgrounds. It's the detail in the grasses. It's the detail in the mountains and the water. Um, not so much the characters, but it's so beautiful that I, I actually enjoy it more than a lot of people. The plot, nothing special. No, it's not. I don't know if the, uh, the, if the animators, the storytellers thought the juxtaposition between the characters and the backgrounds would make the characters more appealing or something like like, it irritated me because like look at what you've created in the world around you like this water looks amazing this water is unbelievable and you have you have a dinosaur walking around this photorealistic forest that looks like a giant toy Mm. like very sharp angles to it like it just it didn't look there right is to a me. lot of detail to like his skin though and um, there is yes so i do appreciate that but yeah the shape of him is just kind of like and his eyes i don't know doesn't fit out doesn't fit all that well right and then what they call him the the bird catcher or the collector the yeah, big styracosaurus the yeah, collector he's, it's a little strange yeah i did nothing hit in that movie for me mm. 
I'm sorry. It's all right. It's all right. <laughs> I wish it was a little, little more widely acclaimed, but sadly, it is not. Uh, but it is beautiful, and I don't hesitate to watch it. It's really not that dissimilar from Wally in terms of what they were going for, but I think right. I think uh, they were both kind of animation flexes that relied more on the visuals and the audio, the music, than they did the actual characters and dialogue. So, but Wally just hit better for most. And it came out in 2015. So you want to talk about recency bias. Inside Out came out and just blew people away. And then Good Dinosaur happened. You're like, that's right. Good Dinosaur was a Thanksgiving release, and Inside Out was earlier that summer, I believe. Right. So, Wes, you you enjoy Good Dinosaur a little bit, I know. I mean, it's wholesome. It's wholesome and nice. Very short on your responses today. That it is. <laughs> I mean, I'm Wes. I don't like to speak, but I am on a podcast. I mean, it's the Lion King. It's the Lion King, but it's wholesome, and I can get behind that. Okay, you're right. You're right. All right, then the next one would be Cars 3. We didn't pick that one. Uh, definitely an improvement off of Cars 2, but I still didn't love it. That's uh, yeah, not great. Not not great. Definitely bottom half of the Pixar movies. I have it at 17. Got it at 20. All right, so we're on the same page there. We don't love Cars 3. After that, Brave. We really don't love Cars 2. We definitely don't love That's Cars 21. 2. Brave, Brave I have at 19 uh, on my list, and we didn't pick that. But Wes, you love Brave. I do love Brave. I love the story. I love the the mother-daughter feud and the fact that they realize that they do love each other. I like the Scottish. Nice. I, I, and yeah. I love the speaking. And I love some of the edgy I love that we, humor, but that's about it. But every Pixar movie has edgy humor. So. Not, not everyone, but like this one, yeah, like the little do. kids <laughs> dive into the <laughs> cleavage of the maid. Like, come on. Uh, Monsters, so Inc. Funny. does not have that kind of edgy humor. Up has, like, none of that edgy humor, I feel like. Fine. <laughs> Brave's at number 14 for me. I I really like Brave. Okay. Uh, I, I just love making fun of the way they all talk. And they do that in uh, <laughs> in uh, Ralph Breaks the Internet with her being from the other studio. <laughs> so good. I turned my mother into a beer to change my feet. <laughs> She's we from the other studio. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I got Monsters University. A lot of people love Monsters University. That's my number 20. Yeah, it just shows how good these movies are. But it's just not unique, in my opinion. Honestly, it's really the plot of an extremely goofy movie, but put to <laughs> monsters. So not a super unique plot. I'm sure there's been other ones that have done kind of the similar idea of like competition against your rival but literally bradley upper crust the third from extremely goofy movie is the uh whatever the guy from roar omega roar uh the leader they're like the same exact person so don't love monster university what do you guys think i think it's good but i didn't need it yeah about the same i liked the short that just got released on disney plus party central more than i like the actual movie yeah uh monsters Monsters use at 19 for me. It's not it's not that I hated it. I just kind of like but Bugs Life is very forgettable for me. Yep. It's fun. It's a fun watch, but it's not <laughs> special in any way for me. I do love that scene though where the mom drops them off 
at I think it's the library, and she's like, "I'll just be out here listening to my music." And she turns it on. It's like death metal. Oh yeah, <laughs> that is funny. She's great. She's great. <laughs> and then my twenty first is finding Dory. That came out on my birthday, twenty sixteen, and I was very disappointed. I felt what a gift. I felt like that uh, finding Dory was kind of maybe the most kids specific movie of Pixar's canon. It just felt like. There wasn't a lot for it, a lot in it for me. Um, didn't relate to it. Uh, but also, I'm someone who had Finding Nemo at 14th overall. But yeah, it just wasn't for me. I don't know. I don't like really when you peel back a character necessarily, kind of like the way they did with Darth Vader with the prequels. Like, I don't need Dory's backstory. I mm. I was fine knowing that she has you know brain issues and she can't remember stuff. I'm good with that. Leave it be. Mm-hmm. Although Marlon did have a pretty good Cthulhu joke in there, which made me happy and it made me laugh. But I actually saw that up in uh, Disney Springs. I rushed from my house to Disney Springs to see that. And I was like, yep, that was that was a movie. That was fine. <laughs> exactly. I like Ty Burrell and he was. I also just, watched it in Disney Springs. Okay. Did you? Yeah, I was. That's nice. I was working at uh, at Disney that summer. So. Did you, wait, did you see it on like opening weekend? Because that's when I saw it. I'm in I Disney. did. I saw it opening night. Wow, we were probably in the same theater. That's wild. <laughs> it's Ooh, that's possible. Weird. Yeah, that's crazy. Weird that is stuff. Crazy. <laughs> but last is the other one. We don't need to talk about it. <laughs> we, we talked about it enough. <laughs> Y'all know what we're talking about. It's that one. All right. It's that one. <laughs> the one that shall not be named. That's right. The terrible, terrible one. Un- ironically, guys, uh, I don't know, Bryce, if you've ever seen, if you ever saw the summer of, uh, I believe, 2017, they did uh, in Hollywood Studios a Pixar live show. Um, and it was great. I loved it. They played music uh, from lots of great uh, Pixar movies all the way up into like Cars 3 had just been released. So they were playing some Cars 3 music, but they were just, they literally just went from like Toy Story, Monsters, Inc., Finding Emo. They they did Cars. They skipped anything from Cars 2, went to Cars 3. <laughs> so it was like Cars 2 didn't exist. And that's how I feel like we should all pretend that Cars 2 yeah, doesn't exist. That's how life should continue. It's like Aladdin 2, Return of Jafar. Just skip it. <laughs> go to King of Thieves. It's actually decent. All you need to know and is it, that Iago's yep. now a good guy. That's it. That's it. That's all you need to know. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> maybe sure. maybe maybe Cars Two was just a dream. All you need to know about Cars Three is that Mater's dating some some spy girl that's way out of his league. That's it. That's all you need to know. But he deserves that, I guess. He's funny. Whatever. He's nice. He's whatever. Michael Kane can't even save Cars Two. <laughs> he tried. He tried he so did. hard. Well, guys, that was our draft. Uh, be on the lookout for a poll. Uh, on Friday of the week that this Bryce, we had a good time uh, having you on. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, I had a great time. Thank you guys very much for having me on. It was it was a blast. Check out his podcast, the Nocturnal Disney Podcast, um, specifically the episodes where I uh, go hard <laughs> on some Disney <laughs> trivia. So, well, thank you very much for that. I actually got to get with you because I got to get you back on. Absolutely, I'm excited. Final four, baby. It's a little bit Absolutely. of spoiled. But... stay hungry stay humble and stay hydrated all right